What you have to realize is that we're all just a mouse that a cat has by the tail. Every single move we make, from the mundane to the monumental, the red light that we stop at or run, the people we have sex with or won't with us, the airplanes that we ride or walk out of, it's all part of death's sadistic design leading to the grave. But remember, the risk of cheating the plan, of disrespecting the design, could incite a fury that could terrorize even the Grim Reaper. And you don't even want to f*** with that Mac Daddy. Welcome back to episode 99 of the Fear of God podcast. We have been coming to you for 99 episodes now, bringing you the intersection between Christianity and the horror genre. You have been amazing, listeners. You've listened to us. You've shown up every week. We are so thrilled and excited and and honored and pleased to have you. And who are we? Who are we? My name is Reed Lackey. You know that by now. You've heard it for 99 episodes and and then some. Uh, So you know this by now. I am Reed Lackey. And typically with me is one Mr. Nathan Rouse. But unfortunately, as I heard uh, not that long ago, here's what happened. Are you ready? So he had turned on the shower to allow the shower water to warm up so that he could bathe himself and clean himself. And as he turned on the shower, he got a razor ready because occasionally he has to shave. He can be a rather hairy individual. And so he he got a razor ready. And when he got this razor ready, um, he set it on the sink, getting ready. And while he did that, he also plugged in the hairdryer to be ready for after his shower. And then he went and decided inexplicably to make himself a sandwich. And as he's sitting there buttering his bread with the butter knife, uh, there was a little gasket that like popped in the shower head and then the shower started leaking in this really funny way and started overflowing from the shower into his bathroom and then uh, as that water began to rise suddenly there was this uh, little mouse like chewing on this cord to his hair dryer and when it was chewing on this little cord then it got shocked and it died and then that left an exposed wire that the water was creeping ever closer to but Nathan didn't notice it because he's too busy making his sandwich and and so basically he's sitting there just buttering his bread and he gets 
gets the ham and he gets the the cheese on there. He prefers provolone, but he basically puts that that sandwich together and he's sitting there taking a bite of it. And as he walks in, he doesn't realize until he looks down and he sees, oh wait, the hair dryer is connected to the water, and so that's going to shock me to pieces, and I can't I can't get there. So then what he finally does is he he gingerly sort of picks the hair dryer up and he lays a towel down. He begins to mop up all of that, and then when he turns around, there was an assailant in his house who shot him in the face and he died. And that uh, that is unfortunate because um, you know after after all of that, after 99 episodes, I really thought he was going to make it to uh, to episode 100, but I guess death had uh, had different different plans uh, for my old friend Nathan Rudd. Oh! Oh my you know, you know, oh my gosh, Nathan, you're, you're here, you're here, I just, Nathan. I just you're gotta here. say, like, why am I shaving and then have the hair dryer out? I don't know, that that struck me. And then, why? When, well, let me, let me, what? In defense, it's no less logical than any of the other things <laughs> that take place in, in this, this movie. Ridiculous yes. movie. All right, but also, Reed, Reed, do we need to talk? Because when I introduce you, when I explain your absence, it's usually like you're like on a little adventure. When you explain <laughs> I, my absence, usually I am dead. And uh, I just think there's something going on here. Like yours usually end with me dead. And I don't really like that because then, yeah. Well, brother, it's all right because I believe in the resurrection. You come back well, every yeah. single week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Oh man! That was... All right. Well, yeah. So today we are <laughs> discussing. I think this is what ninety eight, ninety seven. This is ninety nine. <sighs> this is ninety nine. I said it like twenty times movie. in the in the thing. Did you? Oh, I was dead. So I <laughs> oh, you mean the, oh, you mean the year, the year that this came out? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Not episode uh, number. Yeah. I thought you were talking about this episode. No, 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 no I no. think yeah, I don't, I don't know. Who cares? I think it's two thousand. <laughs> I actually think this is. <laughs> it is not two thousand. There's no way this movie takes place in two thousand because this is two thousand. This really? is two thousand. Okay, well, I just 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 looked it up. It's two thousand. Well, it feels like something out of ninety two. Um, this but, this and American Psycho are contemporaries. So they, I'm just they are. Know. They're equally robust. <laughs> um, so just a fair warning listener this movie sucks um and <laughs> and the brief i'm gonna be slightly more generous to brief, it, listeners but brief, it'll be fun just because he's a nine the brief <laughs> history the, the brief history of our need to discuss this movie was um how did how would you tell it tell this story reed so we, we knew we were doing the Monster Mash series. We knew we were doing it. <laughs> Welcome back right? to the Monster and Mash, And we're going everybody. through, and we're like, and then we're like, okay, well, we're going to do, and at the point at which we chose which films we were going to cover, we didn't know the end results of the Monster Mash, so we picked by the, by the quarterly finals, and so we were like, okay, based on the ones that are here, we've got, you know, Jaws, Predator, Strangers, we've got American Psycho, and, and The Ring, and, and we were going through these different ones, and then um, I, I threw Final Destination on the table, because several films we had already covered, and when I threw Final Destination on the table, you're like I don't I don't want to watch Final Destination and, this, and then in real time this is Nathan to me this is Nathan to me as we're discussing in real time he's like I don't want to do Final Destination although there is a sort of a poetry to realizing like it's Final Destination the end of the Monster Mash series in 99 Final Destination I really don't want to do that movie but it's, it's Final Destination and Final and I think that's you know what yeah let's do it 
That was that was basically like I didn't even I didn't even get a word in edgewise. Like you just sort of convinced yourself through the course of. of I was just sort of your your rubber ducky. Yes, you just set yes. up propped up on a thing, and, and you like, just talked wah, wah. to the rubber ducky and rubber ducky. Yes, basically. You're the one. <laughs> you make All bad right. time so you much make, fun. You make dubby time lots of fun. Um, oh boy! Whoa! Whoa! whoa. Um, <laughs> rubber ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. Okay, that's not going to be the whole episode. You're not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, we got to fill it with something. Um, this movie's paper thin. Wow. <laughs> no. So, wow. yes, I am. Uh, yes, we are discussing Final Destination, uh, which is, in fact, the final destination of the Monster Mash series. Reed, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I've had a good I time. I am digging this series. I'm sad to see it go. Uh, there is fun stuff on the horizon, though. So, we are going to be unveiling the final four, right? Of the Monster Mash. Yeah, these are your four champions. I'm so excited. But we are going to do that at the end of this episode. We just like to keep you guys on your toes. Yeah, keep you on your toes. Yep. Um, so we are going to do that. I did want to, before we get too far down the tarmac on the plane we're on. Um, so we are, as Reed mentioned, uh, reading my obituary uh, in episode 99. <laughs> Next week, Reed Lackey. Reed. Read. I can't believe it. I next can't week. believe it. I hope we get there. It is episode 100 <laughs> next week. That is a landmark, if ever there were one. Um, I don't have the iTunes in front of me. It's technically probably like 104 or 105. Something like that. Will you let me do it? Will you let me announce it? Go ahead. Yeah. So next week, y'all, the movie we are, oh my gosh. The movie we are covering, we are returning to our uh, 2018 series Hitchcock block of episodes uh hashtag alfred letters with the one and only psycho we will i'm so excited we will in fact so excited be discussing psycho next week um we discussed american psycho last week we're gonna generalize it a little bit next week with just regular psycho um just regular psycho these are regular yes oh i'm so So excited next week 100th episode of the fear of god podcast thank you so much for going on this journey with us um, it has been a, a, a hell of a lot of fun. I can say that because it's a horror movie episode or a horror movie podcast. <laughs> um, landmark episode discussing Psycho next week. The following episode, episode 101, will be a retrospective episode. It is going to be a lot of fun, but we need your help. Like, we need it. We we love talking yes. and making, like, silly, stupid things, but... We need your help. We're asking for your help. You guys have been so amazing these two years. We want you guys to have a hand in crafting our special retrospective episode that we're going to be putting together. And here's how you can do that. Just like last week, go to the bathroom, get out your little orphan Annie decoder ring, jot this down. (laughs) So we're going to post some questions in a couple of different places over the next couple of days. Tomorrow, which is Wednesday, this episode will release on a Tuesday. If you're Blake, you're running through the mall tomorrow morning. It's going to be that day. <laughs> um, on Instagram, find us there on fe- at Fear of God Podcast. That's the name, our Instagram name, Fear of God Podcast. Watch that video and reply accordingly. There'll be a couple of questions there. Um, please reply to those. It'll make sense when you go see it. Um, watch that video and reply there. Thursday, so two days from now, in the Facebook group, we'll do a second and different set of questions for you to reply to there. We'll do that 
we did it last week. We're doing it this week. And we are going to use this material from you guys. Okay. This is why we need you. We want your participation here. Um, we're going to be assembling a supersized overstuffed 101st retrospective episode. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun looking back at some key moments in the two years of fear of God, um, with your input. Um, that said, we do want to give pats on the back where they are due and someone not on social media is definitely do a pat on the back. Um, if, if you are not an Instagram user, if you're not a Facebook user props, seriously for real legit props. Um, but we do want your feedback as well. Read what, what can they do if they're not on those outlets or just don't want to use them? What, what are ways they can still participate in the retrospective episode? The primary way you can do so is by emailing us fear of God podcast at gmail.com. That's all one word fear of God podcast at gmail.com. Email us with either, you know, thoughts, uh, your feelings. If you are on social media and you want to answer by the email, that is totally fine too. But you can email us also your questions to us. That's the biggest thing is if you want to know anything about the show, anything about Nathan and I, anything that we think or feel feel or how we dress or uh you know what food we like or whatever it is you could it can be personal it can be political if you dare it can be any number of things <laughs> um so uh so yeah you may feel free to email us your questions um if we get a huge number of questions we may not be able to answer all of them but um we will try our best to yeah ha- include those questions in our retrospective it'll be a big it'll be a big grab bag and to be clear the questions that are going on instagram and facebook will be different than the question read just posed so if you're wanting the full scope um engage us those places as well but thank you so much to those of you who did participate last week and throw some questions at us um or you know the other thoughts as well in reply to the questions we asked thank you for your participation this is going to be a lot of fun read next week psycho the week after that a retrospective episode it's I'm a so big excited deal. for the next two weeks. Yeah. I'm so excited for the next two weeks. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. Um, I can't I cannot wait. Um, so, but that is next week, and so that cannot be this week. And this week, <laughs> um, I I have something that has really been on my heart and my mind. For okay, a while well, now for at least a week. For at least a week, Nathan. Nathan. Yep. That's a very important question for you. It's very important. Mm-hmm. Ready? Nathan Rouse, what you watching, what you reading and listening to, when you sit down before the podcast, what you watching, reading and listening to. I pick up what you're putting down, John Denver. Yeah. I'm also going to shout out Robert Bradford right now. I need to remember to tag him when this drops for a very specific reason that he is one of few. Matt Murray will know that reference as well. Why that matters to the um, to the ancillary fear of God. Uh, Reed and Nathan expanded universe. Um, so what am I watching, reading and listening to? So I did. I don't think I mentioned it on the air um, as movie pass crashes and burns. Uh, Poor cold one. R.I.P. I did. I did. I know. I know. I know. Um, I did join AMC's A list. I've got one up the road. I've utilized it multiple times. This is still in July when we're recording this. I took the kids uh, for my for one of my A list ventures to go see Teen Titans. Go to the movies. (laughs) That's awesome. My Um, son has seen that. I have not. He saw. He saw the movie, or he's seen the show. 
No, he's well. He watches the show, but he uh, my my wife actually had the opportunity to take him to see it. So um, while I was at work one day, so they've seen it. I have not seen it yet. What what was what was what were what were her thoughts? Did she debrief with you? Well, she. I mean, she thought it was fun. She doesn't. I mean, she's not a, a very big fan of the show in general, and and sure. she did. Th- she did think there were several clever things, like some of the winks and nods to the greater DC universe, um, and there were a couple of of sort of cameos slash joke reference points that she shared with me that I thought were pretty clever. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, it's not it's not totally her grab bag. My son, it is absolutely his thing and his bag, and he loved it. Well, it's fine. I mean, I've I've actually never seen an episode of the show. I just I, I thought the trailer, the initial trailer that you might have seen, has that like balloon monster guy yes. who you know goes <laughs> off on a flatulence tear. That was <laughs> just, just yes. hysterical. Um, so I hadn't seen the trailer. I hadn't seen the TV show, but I did go take them to see the movie, and it was hysterical. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's so stupid but so funny, which is exactly what I kind of wanted on just an yeah. afternoon movie going experience. Um, sure. I, they do. They, they stick it to you. The, the last joke, I don't know if she told you this, this isn't a spoiler for the narrative at all, but Robin's trying to give this impassioned speech at the very end of the movie. And all the other characters that have been in it are around him trying to shut him up and uh, saying, <laughs> they're basically saying, I think they're actually chanting roll credits um, while he's trying to talk <laughs> and he gets really ticked and he leaps at the camera and yells into the camera at the audience. Hey kids, ask your parents where kid where uh, babies come from. And then it goes to credits. Yeah. 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 Oh like, my gosh. Screw wow. you guys. Um, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, Teen Titans go to the movies. Funny. It was a heck of a lot of fun. Even if I didn't have kids, I probably still would have enjoyed it. Michael Bolton makes a cameo. Oh, wow. Uh, I love Michael. Nicholas cage is the voice of Superman. She did. It's, she did tell me that. That's funny. There are a couple of dark jokes that are hysterical. Can I tell you one? Yeah, of course. Yeah. They go, they go back in time at one point. Um, for story and they think if they're the only superhero team they'll get a movie and so they go back in time to try to off all the heroes so that in the present they're the only superheroes oh my Um, gosh they go go to the ocean and aquaman is swimming below the water and they just throw a plastic uh coke can container you know the 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 rings into the ocean (laughs) It's so terrible. That is awful. That's hysterical, but that is awful. That is so awful. Then there's one. um, Then they have to fix it. They realize that they were wrong and they should have let the heroes that they got rid of's origin stories play out the way they're supposed to. So they go back and there's Thomas and Martha Wayne with young Bruce about to go down an alley that they stopped them the first time. They're like, no, 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 don't go down that alley because they're trying to stop him from becoming Batman. Well, now right, they're correcting right, sure. things, so they're go- so they're making sure they all play out the way they're supposed to. Oh, and um, yeah, yeah, they're like, oh no, guys, that's that's the direction you want to go. And I think it's Raven, uh, the Teen Titan character, Raven. She pulls out a, 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 a necklace of pearls, and she's like, oh, you're gonna need this, and puts oh. it on Martha's neck, and <laughs> oh, then shoves them down the alley. <laughs> it's so dark. Oh, oh my gosh, man. that is funny. anyway. That is super funny. It was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Go see Teen Titans. Go to the movies. Awesome. Awesome. What about you? What about you, my friend? What are you? you? I have uh, I have two. uh, (laughs) I have two brief ones. I'll I'll mention the the first for the first one. Speaking of dark and absurdly funny, um, have you heard of a show called The Last Man on Earth? 
with uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Will, yeah, with Will, Will Forte. Forte. Yeah, Kristen yeah. Shaw. Yeah. Have you watched it? I have not. I've okay. been. I, I know it's supposed to be really great. I've, I've got peers who enjoy it. I, I just there's so it much is, time. Only so much time. I've not gotten. Of to course, it. of course. So we're catching up on it right now. We're only in uh, the midst of season three. Um, I think there were four seasons before it was finally canceled. Um, you want to talk about just dark, dark comedy i mean there are some absurdly dark situations but some brilliant sight gags there are some absolutely genius sight gags a lot of absurdity if you appreciate absurd just off the wall humor it, then you will probably enjoy this show um the premise of it is just kind of what the title implies uh, a virus wiped out seemingly everybody except for will forte who is the last man on earth for the very first episode and then, like, literally, I, th- I can't remember if it is at the end of the first episode or the, you know, early on in the second episode, um, he stumbles up, uh, upon a woman um, and finds out, like, oh, I'm the last man on Earth. You're the last woman on Earth or whatever. And to give you an idea of what the kind of humor is like in this film uh, or in this show, um, and so his character's name is Phil Miller for the first, like, couple of seasons, but then... Uh, steadily as the show progresses, they find that there are other people who are also immune to this virus and they just like pop, you know, keep picking up people along the way. Um, mm-hmm. but what's really funny, uh, Kristen Shaw's, I think is, is, is her name, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, is the, is sort of the main woman in it. But, uh, you know, she has a very specific kind of look. Um, and, yeah, sure. and she can be as a personality, she can be very overbearing. She plays that her character. She plays that sort of overbearing personality. Well, he, his character just kind of thinks like, Hey, I'm the last man on earth. You're the last woman on earth. Like there's something natural that should be happening for that. But she insists that they get married first. They have to get married. <laughs> like right. they have to get married before that happens. And so she forces him to marry her. Like the same episode, you'll understand this in a second. The same episode that she forces him to marry her, and he's like, "Okay, fine. Like this is gonna happen. We're the last man and woman on earth. Like, fine. I'll just go ahead and do that." And so then that same exact episode, at the end of that episode, they've consummated the marriage. Everything's full bore. He's already kind of being driven nuts by her, and then they stumble across january jones <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <laughs> and and so what proceeds is like he, his character is so awful because he will try to like uh he'll try to do things for his own ends but then sure. sometimes he will he's also such an approval addict that he will do outrageous things because he wants somebody to like him and it always right. winds up backfiring on him and everything um and so i, I don't want to say too much about the particulars of the show i'll just say that if you enjoy it, it if you enjoy dark comedy, because it is very dark, dark comedy, there's an entire subplot where a woman is trapped in the elevator next door to the building that they're in, and she is trapped for Nathan, <laughs> like, days and days. And she tries continually to, like, she keeps firing a gun, and, and they they don't hear it. Like, they keep missing it. And every, I mean, it is dark, wow. dark, dark comedy. Um, but if you enjoy that kind of thing and also sort of absurdist humor, then it's really right up your alley. Um the last man on earth. Second thing I was going to mention, um, which I know you have seen, uh, at least the first three episodes that I have seen. And that is, we yeah, finally, got, we finally got the debut yeah. of 
Castle Rock, the Hulu original based on the multiverse or the you know extended universe of Stephen King material, centrally focused on his most famous fictional town creation of Castle Rock. So three episodes in, I think by this time this airs, uh, five or six may have dropped. But uh, so three episodes in as of our recording. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, for me, I feel like the... The performances are pretty strong, I would say. Um, I feel like the writing is... I'm going to give it an okay right now. Um, Mm -hmm. The interior of the scenes are pretty interesting, but it is surprisingly slower paced than I thought it would be. And that's not totally surprising when you consider the larger scope of Stephen King's work. Most of his material starts off pretty slow and then builds to places where the suspense kind of steadily... Uh, gets gets hold of you. There are very few of his books. Um, Cell is one. I think Mr. Mercedes is one, which sort of start right out the gate. Most of his material takes its time to build up. So I'm willing to kind of see where they're going to go with it. I like the performances. I love all the winks and nods to the greater Stephen King universe. Um, so yeah, but but I'm I'm digging so it so far. Well, I'm liking it. Yeah, and I've, I'm I'm at the same spot you are. Two thoughts. One, I want to come back to this because I don't want to forget the other one. I I would pose the question to you, do some of those winks and nods actually start to maybe hamper slightly a bit more than they help? But hmm. come, let's come back to that. Um, I would actually contend for me personally, I your, your comparison of King's actual prose fiction work and this to me is a little is is not exactly how I would compare this. What, where I would go is I actually think the show suffers more from just kind of current trends in serialized storytelling, Mm. which has less to do with his source material and more to do with like this glacially paced, unpacked, decompressed three episodes that could have been one in terms of story. Mm. Um, Now hear me. I, I actually think, the cinematography is fantastic. Oh, it's um, yeah, it's a beautiful looking show. The casting yeah. is fantastic. I'm with you. The and actually the plotting is fine too. The 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 plotting P L O T T. Like I mean the 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 story itself has potential to yield a lot of good fruit. Just the pace is is thus far I would categorize as maybe uh, a big deficiency mm. um again it could it could and likely will and hopefully will pick up um but the first episode i fell asleep during and not just because mm. i sort of live tired these days but also because <laughs> it was just nothing was happening um i enjoyed it i'm anxious to see where it goes i will continue watching it um i do yeah, think because why not right i do think there's a little bit of a way where some of the set dressing starts to feel a little like okay no i get it i know it's stephen king <laughs> uh-huh. you know tell tell your story <laughs> i can i can understand that and i can sympathize with it to me um it has not yet felt overbearing it's not sure. particularly because castle rock stories his castle rock novels are constantly mm-hmm. referencing each other um and so i don't mind you know like like th- there are references to the dead zone uh left right up and down in cujo um, there are, you know, needful things is saturated with characters and reference points from previous Castle Rock material, uh, like the Dark Half and like everything else. And so I, I'm not to answer your secondary question of does it does it 
hurt more than it helps all of the referential points my view is three episodes in my answer would be no sure if if it continues at this pace and doesn't you know doesn't tie in in more substantial ways by episode six or seven i may feel differently um right. but but at this point i'm still enjoying it i'm still liking all the winks and nods it's keeping me engaged it's keeping me looking for stuff um so yeah uh, yeah at this i think that's one thing is like i'm mentioning it right now and we're kind of unpacking it but three episodes is a bit of a tough spot to judge the overall feel of, sure. of a show so it'll be interesting as it plays out and we'll probably reference as we go back to it but um but but yeah um we'll we'll see there's going to be 10 episodes I, by the time it's all said and done and we'll see where we'll see where we're at as but. as one final what you're watching that neither of us are watching yet your um last man on earth made me think of this you checked in with us maybe about a month ago do you know that finally why the last man is actually moving pretty full steam ahead now as a TV show? Really? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't remember what network it's supposed to be on, but yeah, it is definitely in production. Um, I don't, I'm not 100% sure how far along. Did you end up finishing it? I finished it all. Um, in brief, I kind of hated the, given answer for why everybody went um this sucks because i don't remember but, um, um but yeah it, it basically hey 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 listeners next 10 seconds spoiler alert for why the last man what yes. happened um so it's basically just that that they were playing around with genetics and playing around with clones and then evolutionary nature corrected itself and killed everything with a Y chromosome on it. And because they had injected this monkey, that's why he was saved because he happened to be the one holding the monkey. Um, uh-huh. But there is no, there is no tangible explanation given. It's just basically said nature course corrected by us doing all this genetic manipulation and just wiped everybody out because now we can clone people. There's no need for men anymore. And I felt like that was such a cheap, ridiculous answer. Um, so, well, here's a question. Spoilers over. Um, here's a question, though. So what you just addressed, uh, without referencing the specific details, do you... And I don't know. It's been a while since I've read it, and I I don't remember having that strong a feeling or reaction to the explanation. Is it a case, a la your Stephen King's, you know, many sort of genre stories, is it a case where... Is there a, is there a conclusion that you would have been like, okay, that's awesome, I'm really on board with the explanation there. Like as you've envisioned sort of scenarios that might've played out. Nope. But I will say this. Um, I would have preferred no answer at all to the answer that we got. Okay. okay. I would, well, I would have been, I can kind of live with that. Yeah, yeah. I would have been better with it being like, we have no idea. We have no idea why we have no idea why you were selected. We have no idea why, like I, I, I know, listeners sort of on mass and readers sort of on mass usually tend to not be on board with those kind of things. I personally, with my sensibilities would have preferred that to this sort of ham fisted kind of non answer answer that it gave. Um, I will say that while I was ultimately left a little uh, unsatisfied and cold with the overall sort of conclusion of everything. um, I will say that the final beat, the very final beat with Yorick being an old man in a straitjacket and then is visited by a younger clone of himself and then the clone turns around and Yorick escapes out the window. I loved that. 
I loved that sort of just final beat because he was a skate artist. That was, that right, was what right, it, right, right. So I did love that final beat. And again, speaking to the ambiguity, we don't know, like, did he jump out the window? Did he like what happened to him? I, I kind of loved that. And that's that's how it absolutely ends. We didn't mourn for spoilers of that. But, um, <laughs> but that's, right. that's how it absolutely ends is him standing and saying or, you know, like it just says like, oh, did he jump? And then the guy says, no, he escaped. And um, and I loved that. Um, sure, sure. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of value. I do to think it's a it's a I, I I say this with this type of material often, and and it would be interesting to have a a, a longer conversation about something like the Dark Tower as well, this, the the book series, um, Journey versus Destination. Where, Bring it. Yeah, I, I I and and honestly, I have a great deal of sympathy towards creators who endeavor these long form serialized tales sure you know like it it is what a burden to try to land that plane oh, you know, know. like yeah. wh- whatever it is mm-hmm. and and the you know because you 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 can go the lost route and which is far more the it's it's not philosophically ambiguous but it's a bit you know like literally ambiguous if that yeah, makes sense sure no, um, and risk pissing off fans you can go uh, very literally explanatory and risk pissing off fans with an explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this accusation of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad has been accused of too steadily landing the plane. Oh, you know, like it was yeah, 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 yeah. So much. The actual service. finale. Yeah, the right. actual finale. Um, a lot of I've seen a lot of uh, discussion about Ozymandias of that series basically functioning as a a, a series finale, it, it being so strong. Um, anyway, the point being... I don't envy these sure. creators who jump into these long form tales and, and the, the choices they have to make creatively to right. land those planes. And anyway, I, this is, yeah, what? Yeah, I know. I'll just say as, as a final button to that, like I'm not one against why the last, like I love Brian K. Vaughn's work. Like I'm not, even though I will acknowledge, yeah, that didn't really work for me. I didn't really like it. You will not then hear me, lash out and rail against the material a la some some people who if they don't fit with the ending then they just retroactively say that the entire experience wasn't worth it like i had a great time reading this book and i did not like the conclusion whatsoever but i had a great time reading this book i don't know if i'll revisit it but it's entirely possible because you know vaughn is a great writer and that's what that's what frustrates me to to have a little side tangent conversation is i get frustrated when people then retroactively say because i didn't like the ending then this whole experience was not worth it i'm like really right like right. i remember several beats along the way where you got super excited about this happening don't you remember that feeling sure, don't sure. you remember the feeling where a story was able to hold you in the palm of its hand and you didn't know what was going to happen next and you were questioning and theorizing and all this other stuff you really think that was of no value just because you didn't like where they stuck the landing that's the thing that frustrates me and i'm not meaning to just like go off on listeners of that ilk but i'm like no. if, if you if you can't appreciate the elements along the way of the journey simply without sort of being able to compartmentalize and say, Hey, this was fun. This was great. This was fantastic. This was thrilling. This was super exciting. And then ultimately when I heard the ending, I, I didn't like it. I even, you know, say like, Oh, I I kind of hated it, but man, look back at all the fun we had getting there, all the, all the moments of enjoyment, all the strong character beats, all the twists and turns and whatever it was like being able to appreciate that um, and not letting it all just hang on the ending. I think that's really important as an art receiver, whether that be by reading, by viewing, by listening. Uh, you you have to be 
sort of self-aware enough to say, hey, it's not all just about this. If you were having a fantastic time reading it and then just didn't like the ending, like, don't abandon that. Don't abandon the fun you had just because you didn't care for the ending. And that doesn't mean that you have to defend the ending. Don't like the ending. That's fine. If you hate the ending of Lost, be wrong. I don't care. All you have to do (laughs) is... is, But even if... there's something in you that's like, hey, that didn't that ending didn't work for me. I can sit with that as long as if you were this just like rabid fan of it, then like appreciate that, man. It's hard to do that job. It's hard sure. to yes. tell a story that will engross and engage you to that level and give them some props and kudos for doing that, even if you didn't care for where they landed, you know, everything. And I'll do that with Why the Last Man. I'll do that in a heartbeat. All right. Well, we'll see you guys. There you go. <laughs> monster mash that's Uh, been another that's been a it's not been a 99th it is on the 99th episode the what you watching what you reading what you listening to do do Oh boy! All right, so let's let's do this. Read. Um, so we are <laughs> such enthusiasm. Such enthusiasm. You're we are off. discussing Final Destination. So I'm going to tell a funny story here. I'd seen Final Destination once before in the theater. Thought it was stupid then, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and and honestly had zero impulse to ever revisit it. Your recounting of that tale is probably quite true. My in the moment revelation of the poetry attached to finishing an episode, finishing a series with final destination. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so what's funny is uh shout out Stephen Hairgrove, a local Charlotte buddy. Um, I was going to watch one of these movies last week. We did American psycho. We've already announced next week we're doing psycho and now we're doing final destination. And I got our order wrong. And I pitched, he, he, he kept telling me he's a teacher. And so his summers are slightly lighter in terms of the work. Although teachers are amazing and true patriots and heroes in our culture. Amen. And there you go. Um, uh, Stephen being one of the most paramount versions of this. So Stephen was like, Hey, you know, I've got a little bit more free time. If you're going to watch the movies, give me a shout. I'll, I'll try to join you for something. So I'm thinking, all right, cool. I had forgotten. We had two monster mashes left. I was just life is crazy and i thought we were at psycho already and so i told steven i was like hey man have you ever seen psycho i'm gonna be watching that like you want to come over and watch psycho and i don't know if you remember this read i texted you i was like i was like hey psycho's next right and you thought i meant american psycho and then you're like yeah american psycho and then final destination i was like dead gummit oh crap he's like (laughs) on his way and I, i i texted and i was like hey man you know i'm sorry uh it's gonna be one of these two and he's like, oh, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm up for whatever. You're a good friend, Stephen. And <laughs> he gets here and it's early enough in the night. And I'd seen American Psycho before. And I'm like, I can't, I can't start American Psycho with my children up. Like, this is a terrible oh, movie for them right, to walk into. Right, right, I mean, right. Final Destination would probably be scary to them, but it doesn't have some of the more graphic stuff attached to that. Um, to American Psycho. So I was like... <laughs> So you want to watch Final Destination? You know, I mean, it was, wow! It was, it was so. And you invite the man over for Psycho, and give him I, Final Destination. 
<laughs> Steve and I have never met you, but you are a good friend. You are a you good actually, friend. I think you actually have met him. You went to see Guardians of the Galaxy together a couple years ago. Regardless. But, well, Steven, yes. you are very forgettable. It's, but Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just got Not teasing. in my book, Stevie. I'm, I'm I know, I know, I know. I know, just kidding. Um, yes, I invited him over for Psycho. And we watched Final Destination and That's... just kind of Mystery Science Theater 3000. It. Um, oh my gosh. So yeah, Final Destination. Uh, <laughs> is this is this your second time watching Final Destination? <laughs> <laughs> the disdain that you have going into this movie. I was like, I'm fully expecting you to say like, all right, so you want to do dislikes? My like is that it ended. My, okay. Yeah, I like when it it's ended. Over. Uh, my scares is that it was made, and uh, my, <laughs> themes, my themes are just shut up. So that's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks everybody. We'll see you next week for the real movie that we all my want to talk about. Themes are don't make dumb movies. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Had you? I mean, like. What's your experience with this movie? So I've seen. So I this is my third time seeing it. So I'll, what is wrong a, with you? Take a breather. You? So I saw it. Um, I can't remember <laughs> when the first time was. It was probably like when I saw a lot of these films in the early two thousands. Uh, was not actually theater going just because you know at the time I didn't get out to the theater very much. It was a lot of it was at home video release because one of my early jobs was at a video store. And so I've always appreciated and still champion. You're a regular Quentin Tarantino. I kind of am. Um, Pot, potty mouth, potty mouth, and all. Exactly. Oh hell yeah. Um. So, <laughs> but basically, um, like I worked at a video store. And so, obviously, when you work at a video store, and in this particular video store, I could take the the stipulation because it was privately owned; it wasn't a franchise. Um, the stipulation by my bosses were: you can take home any movie you want, any night you want, completely for free, as long as you bring it back the next day. So I literally would would go in. I rented like a movie or two on my days off. I rented two or three, and every night closing the shift, I would take home a movie and then just bring it back the next day. So I saw a lot of movies in home video. I saw final destination that way. And then I saw it again when like the fifth film came out and here's why. So I had kind of been tracking. I had never seen any of the other entries in the franchise. I saw the first final destination. I had never seen anything else, but they just kept making these movies. Well, here's what's really sort of odd about this franchise. The first False advertising. The first three, the first, I know, right? <laughs> Final Destination. Kidding. Um, so basically, <laughs> the first three films got kind of mixed reviews. The fourth film got panned. Like, this is a terrible movie. The fourth film is called The Final Destination. It just got panned. It wow. Got utterly trashed. What finally drew me into this, uh, finally, what drew me into the <laughs> series was that Final Destination 5, to my surprise, got mostly positive reviews most people were like this film's legit this film's good you should see it and i was like huh that's interesting but i'd like to sort of really like I'm, i don't want to just dive in on the fifth entry of a franchise i want to just watch what if movies. i miss something i know i just want to watch movies because maybe because uh, who knows maybe part of why people love it is because of things that it connects with and all this other sort of stuff so then over the course of a few nights i watched every film in the franchise and i will say that like you know, I really don't think this movie's great. I enjoy it more than you do, but I don't think this movie's great. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't even think this movie's very good. I've got a couple of likes, but um, the second film 
you know, connects to the first one in that Allie Larder's in it again. Um, spoiler alerts for the entire fo- franchise of Final Destination for the next few minutes. If you don't want to know anything about these sequels, skip ahead like three or four minutes. But uh, one thing that I thought was kind of, you know, bold of it is that Allie Larder returns in the second film and then about two thirds of the way through she dies like death finally gets her. I was like, Oh, that's a pretty bold move. Cause especially she's a survivor from the first one. The third film is almost kind of self-contained. It, it references events of the first two, but it's kind of its own thing. The fourth one really is just garbage. Like you would probably deem this film unwatchable. I would deem the fourth film unwatchable. The fourth film is just terrible. But then I got to the fifth one and I kind of understand why people responded so positively to it. I will say that if you at all, like this franchise and have not yet seen the fifth one if you at all like this franchise the fifth one is very worth your seeing if you despise this franchise and especially like i would not recommend the fifth one to you nathan because i don't think it is valuable enough to earn you know unlike like a purge anarchy which i'm like hey even if you don't like the first one see the second one i would not say that about final destination five but to anybody who's like i kind of like the premise and i kind of like the idea final destination five is legit for that it it kind of digs its heels into the camp factor um it's got some cool little character beats that it's playing around with but the biggest thing that i liked about it is that two my surprise um our main characters sort of make it through all of death's little rube goldberg uh machinations and everything and then they're relieved they're excited and then in the final moments they're like okay we we've finally beaten this thing we figured out we've gotten ahead of it and then um they are taking a trip to da 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 paris and it is a big surprise in the final moments of final destination five that they are on the plane that this film opens with. And so they, they do not make it off that plane. Um, and I'm spoiling it for you because I seriously, I don't think there's much value in you going to watch it as much as you dislike this movie. But, um, so yeah, it's, so they, they then try because they hear, oh man, that guy just had a vision and they've just gone through all these experiences and they realize like, oh crap, this plane is probably going to explode. They try desperately to get off of it. They can't, they die. And that's when it's revealed that all of Final Destination 5 has actually been a prequel. I really enjoyed that. They even intercut. I, I think that's cool. Yeah. And they intercut scenes from this first one in that sequence so it is so it ties together really really nicely and so uh so yeah so i really did enjoy final destination five quite a bit but um but this film is just one that i'm just kind of like i i do have more dislikes than i do likes there's a couple I, I think the premise is inventive and i'm saying that legitimately like i think the premise is kind of a neat idea and having mentioned last week I I've went through that entire marathon on Shudder that Joe Bob Briggs hosted. There's a world we, because of the kinds of conversations that we have, we, even in the campier, sillier stuff, we sort of gleam stuff. We, we try to approach films that are going to be somewhat high-minded, at least sure, in an element, sure, either in sure. the concept or in the execution. It's going to be sort of aiming for something a little bit higher. That's kind of why we're talking about it. Um, but there is a legitimate place, a completely no-qualifiers legitimate place in the horror genre for camp and for silliness and for just absurd monster coming after you kind of kind of thing. There's there's a place for that in this genre. And I think this fits nicely into that bucket, which is kind of like the drive-in movie theater bucket. Like it's just a campy film. It's a stupid film with paper thin 
characters. It's got a gimmick to its plot, and everything about the film feeds the gimmick. But see, I don't. And maybe this is me, and I I'm not gonna watch it again to test this idea. But <laughs> um, I don't think this movie aims for camp, or I would not. In having just watched this for the second time. Um, it's, it's got a bit of sat, a, a shred of satire to it. I, I guess I would not, I would not have put this. I don't think this movie, if this movie aims for camp, I don't think it gets there. Um, hmm. and more than anything, I think it actually aims for earnestness. Really? And, and, and steers and, and falls off the cliff into airing towards camp. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, See, here's okay. I'm going to make a case here. I'm going to make yeah, a case. Yeah, please, please. So, a film in which a character is like, they died and we survived. That's what happened. You know, I'm not going to let that plane be the most important moment in my life. So, if you guys can't live with that, then you can just drop dead, steps off the curve, and gets swacked, obliterated by a bus like sure that's shocking but that's camp like that's like that bus was not making any sort of like noises or anything like that's that is shock theater that is the that is the early uh films of like the the early william castle films of like the tingler and everything like that that's a gimmick um i'm also thinking of the moments which by the way i will say this as a somewhat dislike but like this film does not care about its characters at all it does it does not care about them and because it doesn't care about them we don't care about them case in point when the teacher is making her way like death starts to like come at her and then that silly moment where i forget i forget exactly what the machinations are but like um alex is trying to remove the knife from her chest right, something right. like falls and on it and just, yeah the, the chair, chair just yeah. falls and pounds on it even more it's like that is intended to be absurd camp look at tony todd the mortician who he's sitting there he's like a line if you think this movie's not if you think this movie's aiming for earnestness submitted for your approval the line you do not want to f with that mac daddy speaking oh, of death itself. i've got i've written i wrote it that's one of my few <laughs> likes you could terrorize the grim reaper um well and I, you know i i i really am not going to rewatch this movie but um <laughs> I, I i'm thinking about our american psycho conversation and being on its wavelength i think one of the reasons i resist a little bit hear me i'm not actually arguing against what you're saying as much as just sort of processing sure um is knowing and one of the few things i would say as a like just by association is james wong who directed this and had a hand in writing it was heavily involved in x-files sure was written as a spec script for x-files absolutely yes and and the only reason i add that to the mix here Mm -hmm. is I'd have to look at his his catalog for X-Files, but I don't know that James Wong was traditionally known for the more ironic versions. Yes, I, I'm totally with you. Like things that happen in this movie on the literal screen uh, could be columned as, you know, campy. But I just, I think if that's what it's aiming for, for me, it just doesn't get there. Like I think I could enjoy and dig in on something that goes full bore into that category. I think this, again, to me, it's a feeling. What it feels more like is earnest that is confused maybe ultimately Hmm. about what it ends up being. Sure. Did they intend camp and it feels earnest? Did they intend earnest and it feels camp? I don't know. 
because to me that Tony Todd sequence feels like it's out of a, another movie. Oh, and, and I, mm. I think that's where I kind of, you know, but I'm with you. Like it's, it's stupid as crap. Like, well, I mean, yeah, you've I mean, got characters named Hitchcock, Shrek and Murnau and her name is clear rivers. What a stupid character name. Oh, the names um, are very like the names are like you said, like, yeah, the, the, the names are intentional call outs. Like the teacher's name is Val Luton. Val Luton is a producer from the forties whose work I absolutely love like cat people and curse of the cat people and leopard man and all these, you know, like again, shock camp theater. And her name is Val Luton. Like, like that's I mean like yeah it's right it's right, completely right. steeped in like did you catch that like so Todd is spelled with one D which is you know not completely unusual but is you know the typical spelling of Todd is with two D's or at least as I know it um, right but Todd uh, and then Alex's last name is Browning Todd Browning directed the original Universal Dracula and freaks um, so yeah like all the names literally every single name has some sort of significance to you know the horror genre or or some element of horror production as it were hmm so now i just, now I just feel stupid you don't you, should, you, <laughs> should, you shouldn't feel stupid no you shouldn't feel, no you shouldn't feel stupid because like here's the thing this film was made in 2000 it is so so very 90s like it was made in 2000 but oh then, yeah but this is absolutely yeah. 90s this is this is the i i here's what i I'm just going to posit a, a, a hypothesis. I think if this film if this film came out in the 80s, I think you would perhaps, if it was from the 80s, I think you would perhaps be a little bit more able to chart the wavelength of the camp that it's going for because the 80s is distanced enough in sort of uh, technology and sure. filmic style. And so I feel like, like, you know, I'm thinking back to like a reanimator or something like that. It's like, okay, right. yeah, you... It's easier because of its datedness for you to say like, oh, yeah, this is this is intended to be kind of satirical, schlocky, campy kind of thing. But this film, because it looks and feels so much like your screams and your I know what you did last summers and everything like that, I can understand why it may feel like it's really trying to be sincere when maybe because it's my third time viewing it, maybe because I've seen the rest of the franchise, maybe because I'm wrong. It feels to me that it's going for a very tongue-in-cheek, sort of schlocky, campy style to it. And again, I could be read, wrong. Read, read, read. I'm going to be so mad at you if you taught me into liking this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of what happens, listeners. 99 episodes in. This is what kind of what happens. Nathan's coming in on these other episodes. He's like, I didn't really, I didn't really like this. And then by the end of it, it's like, ah, for substance, I'm going to give it a three and a half. I'm like, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to give it a, a four for style. Like, it's really funny. I mean, I do. I think there is some validity to what you're saying in terms of like it it just screams nineties. I mean, yeah, it totally does. And so there's part of the proximity to that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to well, try to parse all that out, but I mean, you may, you make a, I will, I will, um, tip my hat to you. Um, you make a reasonable <laughs> case for the, the sort of bracket it should fall into or the shelf in the video store. It should be placed on <laughs> that of bridging the, uh, satire and horror genre yes can i get i mention just two more things is like also think of think about this like the the gimmick of the film is death as malevolent entity like coming after them but but th they go so far as to like he's watching the news and 
how the hell did he get a screenshot of the news clip where he's like able to like draw out like oh this is the this is the pattern of the seats oh, and yeah, line yeah, up yeah, the yeah, seats yeah, and everything yeah. and then by the end of the film they're like rattling off these rules like they make total logical sense you know it's like well right, no like it right. skipped it skipped me and or skipped you and so then it went to me and and that's how we beat it blah 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 and it's like and it's like oh yeah you were you know you were next and he's like oh it skipped you well then who's next you know like that's that's kind of where i'm coming from is i'm like this this film feels to me also consider <laughs> consider pour a cold one out for poor uh, uh, the actor's name is sean william scott and i'm forgetting his character's name at this point because again it doesn't ask us to care about any of these characters but uh where uh you know like they get they get uh carter out of the car before the train like annihilates him and then meanwhile there's this little shard of metal right right this very conveniently bladed shard of metal you know under the under the rail that's about to like pop off and it it doesn't decapitate Sean it slices his face in half and and so when it it like gets at him consider that the first reaction of his friends is to be like see we saved him and so it, then it got him instead you know like there's, <laughs> there's literally no grieving there's no mourning it's right. the same thing oh, when the yeah. character's hit by the bus these characters are cattle they are fodder for the machinery of death and that's all it is for the entire franchise like that's all they are and uh, yeah so that's that's my take on old old final destination I think by the machinery of death, you mean that Mac Daddy that you don't want to f with. The the Mac Daddy you don't want to f with. That's exactly right. Um, well, now so, real quick, real quick, real quick, yeah. real quick. Um, you surprised me that you haven't brought this up so far. Um, oh, because I made the X Files reference. Do you recognize anyone yeah. in this movie? Who? Um, the I recognize one. De- one definitely you should recognize. One you probably wouldn't, but. Interesting. Well, keeping in mind that I haven't seen a ton of X-Files, no. certainly not as much as I you. I know you haven't. Um, so real quick, I'll, I'll go from the the uh, foreign to the familiar. I didn't look this up because I just didn't like the movie, and now you're going to be a jerk and make me have some empathy towards it. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm pretty positive the teacher, the, the woman teacher is... Uh, an actor from an episode that I actually really love from the X-Files called The Field Where I Died. So that's a really good episode. Um, dude, the dad? Are you being oh, for real? is the dad that's, the one from uh, Pusher? That's Pusher. That's Robert oh, Bardell. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't, I did not, I did not connect it immediately. He was, sure. to me, when I watched this, he was that guy who was in that thing. And so I didn't, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't connect that he had been in Pusher. But now, I, yeah, now I remember it. I should have, my pe- listeners, <laughs> listeners are going to be like, man, Nathan's, Nathan's dumb. Uh, the tell for <laughs> the, the tell for the case you're trying to make here should have been screamingly obvious during what I call the whopper shot. <laughs> the whopper on, shot on the plane the whoppers the stupid candy that they keep cutting back to that's rolling oh, all over yes. the floor yes i was yes, like this yes, is yes. so this is so stupid <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i, I mean, guess like i guess i can get on i can get on board with a thing uh, on board plane i like that <laughs> <laughs> i can get uh, on board with a thing that's intending to be lampoon and and sort of satire it's i I guess when i'm not 
aware that's what we're trafficking in that it doesn't kind of click with me i mean stupid stuff like i'm kind of in likes dislikes now if that's okay um yeah, of course like I'm surprised i love, you have likes. I love uh, well you know gen- <laughs> gen- generally speaking um, i'm in like dislikes <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i like that there is a connection to the x-files <laughs> everything else i dislike um right i love that ali larder takes off her oh by the way blacksmith jacket you know, she's a blacksmith, right? I mean, sure, like, yeah, sure. right. But I love that she takes off her blacksmith jacket to reveal her sleeveless, too short shirt. <laughs> of like, course, yes. Of course. That's so. That's so. 90s. <laughs> very much. Um, I will say. I will say a positive for the casting in this movie is they all look like teenagers. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> that's your compliment. That's yeah, your compliment. That's nothing to do that's with their it. performance. Nothing nope. to do with their oh, like, charisma yeah. or anything like. That. I will say this about the casting: <laughs> they they look they the look part. young. They look, they look immature. <laughs> they, uh, they Those are like, real pimples. That's some real acne that kid's got. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I mean. And and I do think there are some moments like it's funny because I feel like the entire show, for instance, <laughs> Sean William Scott. I need to just look up the character's name because I need to. I need you to keep don't, saying don't it. do it. His name's Randy. But, <laughs> oh, Randy. So I don't know that it actually is. I'm, I might be subconsciously conjuring that, but I might be making it up. Go ahead. I, Randy. Don't, I don't know. But anyway, we'll call him Randy because random and whatever. So here goes Randy. Um, so Randy is uh, it, like he's just perpetually. He is the worst luck bike rider ever like he he never needs to ride a bike because the every single time we see him riding a bike in this film he is either almost killed or he is tangential to somebody who is actively being killed at that moment and it again it's just it's silly and how how absurdly ridiculous the film how little it cares about its characters it does not at all generate any empathy for them it does not want it does not need us to care about them all it needs us to care about is oh death is making water fall under the toilet seat how is it gonna oh man don't light that pilot light because something's gonna blow up or something like that's what the film cares about the film cares about you following and observing the rube goldberg uh level contraptions for which death will get them that's what that's what it cares about you watching you know, my first experience with Rube Goldberg was uh, from the X Files. There's an X Files called, called this is a, this is a soft X Files episode called, called the the Goldberg variation. It's really not great, but much like this movie, you know what's I'm funny gonna... is I just I just scanned down my list and I, this note this note was hidden at like the end of my likes dislikes. My note just says these actors suck. <laughs> Or the direction. Or everything. <laughs> That's what my note says. <laughs> oh my gosh. So best, best manifested by the most conveniently placed canoe in the history of movies. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. I, hey, Reed, how would how would you want to go? I mean, like, you watch this movie, there's like these <laughs> these 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 various you know, uh, death is like a, a, 
a master puzzle maker. Um, <laughs> you know, that he's like a master builder um, for Legos. <laughs> like, what's your, what's your, if, if you had to go one of these ways, like, what's, what's the one you're going to One pick? of these ways? I got to pick one of these ways? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to narrow the field a little bit just so that, you know. All right. Well, if I'm going to pick one of these ga- ways, I'm going to, I'm going to go out the way Randy does. Like, it's quick. It's very, it's very That's sudden. True. You know, like. It's got to be relatively painless. Yeah, I mean, like I think, like by the time you realize anything has happened to you, you're gone. So I mean, like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, th- I think either either him or the girl gets hit by the bus. Like, yeah, but I mean, I think I think even his would be better because he never saw that little blade coming. Like she at least uh, yeah. looks in for a second. Yeah. For a second, she registers psychological bus. recognition. Right, 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 I'm right, right. You. So, so, but yeah, I, th- I think he's the way that I would want to well, go out. You know, like that. And he, that question lasted long. It's too- <laughs> well, what do you expect me to say? Like, you I want know, me to, you want me to go out like the teacher? Hey, I'm I want to get... Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, know, the have- teacher, man. My computer light's on fire. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. And and it's it's true. Like, nobody... The, the only ones who are mourned in this, in this film are the ones who die in the actual, like, plane crash. Because everybody else right. who dies, it's all just like, oh, man, death is coming after us. Like, we got we to gotta fix this. Death is coming after... And that's, that's the tone of every other of the films like they try I'll tell you what's trying for earnestness is Final Destination 2 because Final Destination 2 is trying to like infuse this theme of like new life can stop death so they're like there's a pregnant girl and they're like we got to make sure we just survive until she gives birth to the baby and then new life will stop death and then and then like somebody sacrifices themselves for new life like that's a film that's trying to be earnest this first film is just like oh man who's next as the big sign is like pummeling down towards the right, you know right. like that's yeah this film does not care it does not give a single rip whatsoever about any of these people <laughs> uh, so okay mascara so, yeah. just has nothing on the page <laughs> <laughs> your scares is just like the opening credits like crap now right, i gotta right, sit right. through this hour and 38 minute movie I'm, i invited my friend over oh, like, i'm so and, scared uh, oh he's, my got, he's got three kids too uh-huh. go ahead what were you about to say well, I was I was actually just going to buy I don't I, not only do I not have scares, I was actually just assuming you didn't either, so I was just going to die. <laughs> <laughs> what a sad end to Monster Mash. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean like I still I still what I I I, will, I know, I'm just I will go on record and I will say like I I watched Joe Bob Briggs do The Last Drive-In. I watched those campy films. There is an absolutely valid place in the horror genre for just popping on a brainless sort of drive-in style movie and just watching death come after a ton of ratty looks like teenagers in creative and inventive ways like that's what this franchise serves that's the entire point of its being i guess i guess uh, as i try to re-envision what final destination could be if it committed harder to what you're pitching here is like don't give me death then as just this visual this this cheap ass visual effect that's just like oh let's just like put some smoke on the screen this is smoke yeah. monster you want to like see if, like if grim reaper coming out you want to no, see like well no i want to see like a tottering old grim reaper who's like 
you know like if we're going if we're if we're going camp like make it camp like give me like he's he's, he's like really ominous looking but he's like tinkering he's like, he's like tinkering with all the little things setting listeners, it all up just so. can't see the, the <laughs> shape you're making with your hand it's like this weird sort of arthritic spider like yeah exactly he's, he's like yo i'm gonna get him you know I mean, it's just like <laughs> and death like, evidently is like, i'm gonna get him i'm, gonna I'm get picturing him. like i'm picturing like a really really pasty steve buscemi you know in a cloak <laughs> and just like just like oh i'm gonna get you kids you know like yeah i say i'm gonna come out yeah you, kids. right right you know just <laughs> something just like go go further go harder oh my gosh uh, you just you just anyway. want the wicked witch of the west to to come after come after all of them i'll yeah. get you my pretties and your little plane too um <laughs> so <And your> whoppers <laughs> No, <laughs> so so dumb, so dumb. What, um, th- what theme? What themes do you have, Reed? <laughs> <laughs> you're like not even pretending you have one. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, what? Happened? What themes do you have, Reed? What themes did you play out of My this? theme is not effing with no Mac Daddies, you know. No, like, don't mess is, with that Mac Daddies. Um, so, so I do find it, uh, conceptually. So my theme is not in the camp value of the film. It's in the concept of, of death, like coming after you, like death as a, uh, malevolent entity that has been foiled somehow by this vision that the character of Alex has gotten that has enabled him to be able to, you know, rescue these handful of people and so they didn't die and now death is going to go after them in weird and sadistic and complicated and twisted ways. Um, so I do, like, it's interesting. There were two thoughts that struck me. Obviously, this film is entirely about death. I mean, okay, one more pitch for the camp thing. I mean, the title, Final Destination, not only a play on the you know, death being your final destination, but all rooted in this plane language, you know, like that's your, you know, your, it's your final destination. They're sitting in like in the John. And when John Denver plays, he's like, John Denver, he died in a plane crash, which has never been my first thought when I hear any John Denver song ever, like never has been my thought. Um, but anyway, skirting aside from that, what I found interesting is just this idea of death as a malevolent entity that is coming for you and as a thing to be escaped for time's sake and to pivot super hard out of the campy and silly into, you know, the intersection of Christianity with the horror genre. I think that the the sort of more faithful view of death is that for the believer, death is a sort of an abnormality to what God intends, that it is that it is not part of his original design, that it is a production of sin, uh, which caused because we, you know, broke faith with God and that we just sort of broke the world, um, but that in Christ that's been conquered and defeated. And so now it is less uh, this vicious, nasty, in your image, like arthritic spider hand creeper sitting over in the corner. Steve like, Buscemi. <laughs> Steve right, Buscemi, right. you know, like, I'm going to get you. It's less that and more this sort of toothless monster that can only hiss at you and threaten at you, but holds no ultimate power. And uh, and to me, it's interesting to see the way that death is given such substantive power in this film and in this franchise. But pa- it causes me pause 
to stop and consider. I will say that the moment at the funeral, they make some accidentally interesting observations where they're saying like, yeah, we all know that you can't stop death, but we think of it in these, you know, these long form, like way far away. We observed on the ring, uh, like if you know that you have a certain finite amount of time left, how do you spend that time? How do you trade your time when you know you have a certain finite amount of it? But these people spend it uh, for reasons that are obvious in the plot. They spend it going, I know death is coming for me. I just don't know when. I just don't know how. I know it's coming for me, and I know I've got to combat it, and I've got to cheat it, and I've got to fight it, uh, but, uh, but I just don't know how or when. And so... You know, talking about this whole trading your time, there was a book that I read a long time ago now at this point, so I have a very low memory for it, and it's actually, it's probably going to sound more interesting than I actually found it to be, but it was called uh, Being Mortal. Uh, I believe the author's name was uh, Atul Gawande. He's a doctor, and and uh, Being Mortal is all about sort of the idea of how we can't cope not only with the fact that we will die, but the fact that we will grow old. We do not view aging and weakening as a normative experience. We view it as an abnormal experience. We view it as, like, we we post videos of, like, hey, this person is 90 years old and still climbing Everest, you know, and we post that as a goal to be aspired to rather than an unusual and certainly praiseworthy, but an unusual, somewhat miraculous uh, connection of genetics and lifestyle and everything else that that leads to that point. Most of us will weaken, will grow old, and we will die. Uh, all of us will die, um, but most of us will do so on a kind of a sudden, steady path uh, versus this horrific, horrendous, accidental, uh, you know, death sort of creating a booby trap for us, an elaborate booby trap for us. Um, but I do think that there's an important observation, however much time we spend on it. I think there's an important observation for the believer to recognize like, yeah, you can view death as what death is in Final Destination. You can view it as this malevolent entity that wants you, you don't want to F with that Mac Daddy, that kind of thing. You can view death that way. Or you can understand part of what we believe the gospel and Christ's presence in the world tells us, which is, you know, like what the scriptures say, like death, where is your victory? Uh, or grave, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Uh, like it has been defanged. This this fearful, torturous, grim reaper has no ultimate power uh, over those who are in Christ, and that's that's something that is hopeful and bolstering. And yet, so many of us, even as believers, are so terrified of our inevitable end instead of coming to terms with and dare I say, trading our time because the ring we talked about when you know you have seven days left. Well, we don't know. And we, uh, wow. Okay, so this is coming to mind. Uh, This is, listeners, be prepared. We've been very frivolous in this episode. Naturally (laughs) so. Um, I'm about to, to make a, uh, a, a a rather drastic pivot into the serious and the sensitive, and I just want to acknowledge that it is going to be a very, very drastic and dramatic pivot, and so I just want you co-host and you listeners to be prepared for it. Um, as Nathan and I are recording this, um, just less than two weeks ago, um, we had a uh, the, the tragic and sudden uh, death of a college peer. 
um, a contemporary of ours, a friend of ours, um, a a true delight, a joy in this world, and um, and a real tragic loss um, overall. I do not know if it will be deemed respectful or not to name him, so I'm 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 going to actively choose not to because I don't want this rich legacy of a human being who enriched so many lives to be um, casually referenced and reduced to a soundbite. Um, he, he meant so much more than that to so many people, but the death was very sudden and it was very unexpected. Um, and that is the, the observation that I am making in this moment about the larger view that we have of our own eminent mortality Many of us, most of us, feel that we will live out our days into our 80s, 90s, perhaps even longer. Uh, at the same at the same time that I was reflecting on the passing of this college peer, um, I also just last week attended the funeral of my wife's great aunt, who lived to be a hundred years old, and also went very suddenly and very unexpectedly but the difference um one might almost deem it it, fairness is really not uh, an appropriate i think uh, question for these kinds of subjects but one person goes very very early in life and one person lives to be a hundred and there seems to be no real distinct rationale or correlation to why this and why that and and uh, and and I personally don't necessarily find very much value in all of that but I will say that I think understanding that we are mortal and understanding that death is an inevitable occurrence for each of us should give us enough pause not to figure out how we're going to cheat it and not to figure out how we're going to get off of the plane at the right moment or, you know, avoid the bus or whatever else we're going to do. But rather, as we talked about on the ring, how are we going to trade our time? Not, not knowing how much time we have left, not knowing how much there is on the horizon. How are we going to trade our time? How are we going to live our lives? How are we going to try to influence and affect the world around us? Um, so as a, as a general theme, which we can continue to unpack or we can leave there if you want to, um, that's, that's what I think is the sort of on the nose, but certainly worthwhile observation to be made from considering something like a final destination of, of, of thinking like, how do we trade our time? Because we are mortal beings. We are, death is an inevitable end, but, um, as that weird freaky guru, whatever in the airport at the beginning says, death is not the end. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> all of that to say all of that. You know, it's interesting. You brought that real-world scenario into play. I, I, Our geography did not permit Reed to, but I was able to have the privilege of attending the, the, the funeral of the peer Reed's referring to. And, and it's fascinating. We talk about, uh, I mean, our whole show is about horror movies, and so 99 of them at this point are about 96 or so somewhere in there um but it was interesting to me that we had just talked about the ring and i knew we were talking about final destination and you know we talk about a lot of horror movies but not that many of them deal so explicitly with like the cognizance of death you know like right 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 the awareness the the 
um, knowledge of the eminence of it. And, and there is something about being present at the passing, not at the passing, but at the funeral of someone in your bracket, you know, in your demographic, right. That right. Will, that will really arrest you in a way that's, you know, just all, all the stuff becomes real muted. Um, sure. You know, sure. you just really kind of assess value and where you place it and where it is worth placing. Um, but anyway, it's just interesting to me knowing the amount of conversation we had around the ring and, you know, as, as much as I don't, I'm not a fan of this movie. It is presenting, if not wrestling with presenting at least mildly similar ideas. Yeah, um, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I had a little more to say about final destination. No, um, I understand. I understand. Well, there's, well, let uh, apologize for like cutting off. No, your, no, you know, no, no, but you're you said fine. you wish you had more to say. So I'm like, oh, well, yeah. I'm just going to interrupt you and I'm going to say it for you. Please, um, please. So I picked a scripture verse. Obviously there's a multitude of scriptures in uh, about death, but I really, uh, sort of latched onto Romans chapter 14 and verse eight. Um, I loved this language. It says, if we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And what I loved mm. about that passage of scripture is it's, it's about perspective. It's about saying, yes. like, Hey, I, I may, I may live tomorrow. Um, something worse may happen. Uh, any number, any number of things could happen. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And as so many bumper stickers are so fond of saying, we're not promised it. Um, but, uh, I think whether, you know, whether we live or die and how we live or die, um, keeping in mind that we belong to the Lord and thus should be about the business of the Lord, um, I think is an important shift to our to our perspective of how we are going to trade our time, however much that has. Maybe we will have mountains of it, um, and maybe we will have not much more of it left. But choose how you trade your time wisely, and yeah, just just be be con in consideration of of that sort of thing. Um, I'm. I'm personally fine to, to leave it there. I know this is not, you know, especially given last week's conversation where we were, you know, yes, back and forth and all over the intense. map, but, but, but I'm personally fine to leave it there. If you are, let's, you know, let's do it. Reed, I'm let's good. let, you know what? We ought to bring our buddy along for the final monster match. Let's, let's bring, bring David S. Pumpkins in and assess final destination. Uh, <laughs> I, will, I will, I will start, uh, my David S. Pumpkins number for style is a one. <laughs> I love, I love it. You're just like my David as pumpkins for a style is a one. Well, well uh, frankly, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm. It's it's one a.m. East Coast time, and it's um, <laughs> my let's, let's final destination it. for the day is my bed, and it's cold. Yeah, let's just, let's just um, so yeah. Okay. What is your style rating? I'm gonna for be final destination. I'm gonna be a little bit more generous for the camp factor, but I'm still gonna rate this style. I think uh, it's. Campy, fine, whatever. It hates its characters. It's a really sloppy script. Uh, it's its gimmick is what it is about. Two and a half for style. All right. Uh, what about for scares? Uh, uh, one and a half. <laughs> Don't run, like it's not um, a scary film. It's not. I mean, no, like, it really, there's it, there might be some degree of suspense, but really, your experience of watching this is more likely to be like, oh crap, what's gonna like? Are they gonna right. fall on that or knock over that? That's not a scary experience. That's is like she a, gonna be burned by the computer? Right. Slip yeah. on the water. Get it's stabbed more, by the <laughs> knife. 
Is a chair is a chair going to bounce off the knife that's already lodged in her chest? This is that moment where when the monster is coming after you and you are just more curious as to how he's going to get it rather than whether right. or not they're going to get away, That's right. that tips your hand to where it's like, it's not really a scary experience at that point. So what did you give it for scares? One and a half. All right. I'm going to go for a one again. <laughs> <laughs> and for substance, Reed. I can't wait. I, can't this, wait. I mean, like, do I do it? Do I do go it. for it? I you mean, there's nothing just here. There's just you nothing. You should just do there's it. nothing. I mean, like... You know, any movie that even gives lips, <laughs> any movie that even gives lip service to death is going to be a conversation topic, but oh uh, it's a Do zero. It. I'm going to give it's, it a zero. <laughs> it's episode, it's episode 99. It zero. You gave yes. this a zero for substance. <laughs> it's episode 99. Just going for it. You're just like... Nathan's translate Nathan's David S. Pumpkin meter is F this movie. That is what Nathan's David S. Pumpkin's meter. Oh my gosh. Okay, so there's not there's not a ton of substance to this film. The it, the film is the gimmick. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can maybe garner something out about like you know the nature of how we approach death and everything like that. For that reason and that reason alone, I'm gonna give it a two. Um, but uh, but yes, we get. <laughs> So we give James Waltz. We, we took real quick. We chose to end a series with this movie. This is on us. This is totally on us. Tell us the number, Reed. Oh my gosh. We give James Wong's final destination two and a half. It's <laughs> a new record. It's, it's a, a new record. That is hands down the lowest David S. Pumpkins we have ever given to any. And we're and we're film. generous. We're oh generous. my gosh! Two and a half you, out of ten, David. S. You know what? That's two and a half as, out of ten, not out of five. That is, That's two that and is. a half out of ten, David S. Pumpkins. As we oh are wrapping gosh. up, what Riri? Guess oh what? Boy. Oh I know. Boy. I know. I know. It's still going to end on a high note. Let's, it's still you know what? End we've been we've been idling on the tarmac for a while. Let's get this plane in the air, brother. All right, spill here those, we go. Spill those spill those whoppers. Let's take off. We are ending. It. The conversation about Final Destination that, you know, could have ended 30 minutes ago. Um, and we're, <laughs> but what we have left to throw at you guys is the final four. Oh boy. Of Monster Mash. This is a series, hashtag Monster Mash. We've been, this is our sixth episode of Monster Mash. We are planning during next week's Psycho. To announce the number one, but I'm getting ahead of ourselves. I'm getting ahead of myself um, because I'm just that excited. So, Reed, That's so exciting. This is we are we are this episode right now. We're about to alert audience members who may not have kept up with social media who each winner in each category is. Right? That's what we're about yes. to reveal. Yes. So we've had monsters humans slashers and spirits we are right now going to you voted on this listeners this is this is the ones that you chose through the brackets these are your champions in these fields
Um, so I, like last week, I am talking about the monsters and the humans. The final two monsters. Oh my gosh. Were the thing, were John Carpenter's The Thing versus The Terminator. By the, sh- the, the thinnest of shreds. It was a tight match. The Thing won. Yes, the, the thing, thing won. The thing, the thing is your ultimate monster. One the thing. Yeah. The final monster in the monster mash is the thing of the humans. If you recall from last week's American Psycho, the final two humans were Hannibal Lecter and Carrie White, and the prom queen is victorious. Yeah. They may all laugh at her, but she is going to engulf them in pyrokinetic flame. It is beautiful. Carrie White wins the day. Yeah. Uh, vanquishes Hannibal Lecter. Br- you know, flings him across a room, lights him on fire, That's throws awesome. pig blood at him. You know, it was a throws, landslide too. There was a lot of love for Carrie in this in throws, his voting. Throws John Travolta's corpse <laughs> body at him. It's it's beautiful. Oh, Carrie wow. White wins. Carrie White wins. If I could be a little louder, I would scream it. I know. I know. Go ahead. You got you got two okay. columns left. What are we what All are we right. dealing with? So we had slashers. Slashers came down to to everybody's shock, came down to Chucky, uh, of all people, to enter the finals for Slashers. Chucky versus, probably not so much a surprise, Jason Voorhees of Friday the 13th frame. So, listeners, this is going to be of no shock to you whatsoever. In the Jason Voorhees versus Chucky, that poor little doll did not stand a chance. Jason Voorhees eviscerated him three ways to Sunday. I will go ahead and say it because it's the only time this happened in Monster Mash. Um, We have quite a few votes come in for every single survey. In the Jason Voorhees versus Chucky, there is one lone listener out there. (laughs) voted for Chucky. Everybody else threw their hat in for Jason. So Jason uh, won that mashup by an ultimate landslide. It's the only time a competitor has received only one vote. Uh, But Chucky only got one. So if you voted for Chucky, you are the one who voted for Chucky. Um, So Jason won that. Now, the match was much tighter between the spirits. The spirits, we had the ancient ones who have been just like shocked me to pieces how many of these they kept winning over and over and over again versus probably our personal favorite jimmy from it follows um so here we go nathan are you ready i don't know it was it was extremely close it was extremely extremely close Um, it occurs to me i'm not sure i know the answer to this you don't you don't um you will in a moment so in the Ancient Ones versus Jimmy. Ancient Ones from Cabin in the Woods. Jimmy from It Follows. Jimmy won. I was about to say, like, I was about to, like, I'm throw so my excited. mic across the room. No, like, I'm what so in excited. the world? But now, listen, like, Ancient Ones had a strong showing. But Jimmy Jimmy won by a nose. Jimmy won, like, like he, he topped it out. Um, he did he did gain the legitimate edge um, ancient ones still had there was still a lot of love going in for ancient ones a lot of people voted for them but Jimmy edged them out just barely so that means ladies and gentlemen um, we're gonna r- rattle this off and then wind this down that means that these four competitors are gonna enter into a four-way death match these are your champions so from the monsters it's John Carpenter's the thing 
from humans, it's Carrie White, Stephen King's Carrie White. Slashers, it's Friday the 13th's Jason Voorhees. And Spirits, you voted for It Follows, probably because we named him Jimmy and championed him so much. But even still, you voted for Jimmy I want, from It Follows. I want it to, you, know what I, you know what I want, Reed? What? I want it to get to Carrie and Jimmy, and they they just they murder everyone else. Yes. And then they they fall in love with each other and they go have monster babies. And just, yeah. It's like this beautiful little tale. Wow. of Just, 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 this is, you know, monster this is love. So, sick. Um, so, here, <laughs> so, so here's what's, so here's what's going to happen. You guys are going to vote on this, this, these four, these four are all going to be in the same question on the same survey. You are going to vote on these four contestants. One of these, one of these contestants is going to have a low, the lowest number of votes. And after a certain amount of time, we're going to cut it off, and that person is going to drop out. And then Nathan and I, Nathan or I, are going to be doing social media videos to keep you up to date on who is dropping out of this four-way death match. Um, so stay tuned to your Instagram and Facebook feeds, um, to probably mostly Instagram, um, to find out who your final two are. And then we will make the big announcement of who the ultimate champion is. We'll, we'll keep you updated on social media as these votes come in. Your ultimate champion, your ultimate Monster Mash champion of these four will be announced on our 100th episode, Psycho, which is next week. That's exciting. Be there for it. Be there for yes. it. Yes. Yes. So remember, tomorrow, visit Instagram to answer some questions for the 101st. Thursday, visit Facebook to answer some questions for 101st. Email your questions and inquiries, as Reed mentioned earlier. Look for this weekend. We're going to, I'll go ahead and say it this way. Hopefully, it'll play out this way. Sunday, we'll announce the top three. Monday, we'll announce the top two. Yes. On Psycho's episode, we're going to announce the winner. Absolutely. The Fear of God Monster Mash. Yes, I'm very, very excited. Um, So, ladies and gentlemen, the Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but it is not the end of the conversation. Um, Continue this conversation with each and every one of us. Nathan, this is the last, this is double digits. This is is the final double digits right now. Yeah, now we're going on. Episode 100 is is within reach. Nathan, thank you so much for taking this journey with me every single week. Thank you for tolerating watching films like Final Destination. And uh, listeners, thank you for uh, at least attempting to open my eyes to the very (laughs) small potential of quality in Final Destination. Absolutely. Absolutely. And listeners, always you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with us. We wouldn't have a show without you. We really, really appreciate uh, all of you listening and all of you chiming in. And we will see you guys next week for the 100th. uh, See you next week. Extravaganza. Number 100. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. To continue this conversation, you can follow us on Twitter at The Fear of God. You can visit us on Facebook to comment on one of our posts or post there yourself. You can follow Reed on Twitter at Reed Lackey. You can follow Nathan on Twitter at The Nathan Rouse. Visit MoreThanOneLesson.com to leave a comment on this post or any of the other official episode posts. Email us, fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com, all one word, fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com. 
And last but not least, if you listen to us through iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a rating or review. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.